I'm really happy. I'm one of several speakers. I've got some brilliant people coming on to the webinar to support me. And we have, we have a, a starting plan of how do you actually tackle this and make a ton of money and be regulatory compliant and be a thought leader in your industry. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. This is the Digital Supply Chain Podcast, the number one podcast focusing on the digitization of supply chain. And I'm your host, Global Vice President at SAP, Tom Raftery. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the first joint podcast of the Digital Supply Chain and Climate 21 podcasts. Uh, I run both podcasts. If you are used to listening to the Digital Supply Chain podcast, welcome to the Climate 21 podcast. And if you're used to listening to the Climate 21 podcast, welcome to the Digital Supply Chain podcast. So uh, you'll see why I'm publishing this as a joint podcast shortly. My name is Tom Raftery with SAP and with me on the podcast today, I have my special guest, Joe. Joe, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, Tom. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. Great to be on your podcast. I've been listening to it. I'm a Joe Mulligan, Digital Supply Chain Specialist with SAP um, in the West Coast and uh, focusing on supply chain and sustainability. Thanks for having me. Sure. Now, can you explain to people who are listening why this is a joint climate and supply chain podcast? Yeah, there's a great intersection between supply chain and climate. And um, a lot of what is done in supply chain is about manufacturing products, designing products, and getting them out to market. So the, the, the overlap is just enormous, Tom. In, in fact, I spoke to Ken Pucker recently. He's the former COO of Timberland. And he was saying that back in the early 2000s, when they were just starting to measure and report their emissions, so they were one of the very first companies to do it, he said that they were uh, dropping their emissions 15% per year, but they could only report on their scope one and scope two emissions. There was no way for them to calculate their scope three emissions, but they figured their scope three emissions was about 95% of their emissions. So it, 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 you know, that right there tells you the importance of supply chain in the climate, in the whole climate story, correct? Yeah, well, to that point, McKinsey just came out with a note that, uh, you know, you go after scope one, you know, um, creating carbon and and uh, scope two, you know, the, the, the support to create it. It's only half. Uh, McKinsey's note, you know, is estimate of approximately half. And a lot of it's wrapped up in the products that we use that we love every day. You know, the laptops I'm using, the phones and uh, the chemicals that go in and the manufacturing, the transport, the logistics. Uh, and so, yeah, ignoring that, Tom, you just can't, you can't do it. Yeah. So talk to me about some of the issues that are out there for organizations who want to get into this kind of area. Yeah. So a great question, Tom. Um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a topic in almost every meeting I get into now. I cover, you know, supply chain, product lifecycle management, manufacturing, and it, and it comes up and it, it's, it's a, it's a shift from two years ago. Two years ago, um, people uh, that cared more passionately about it would, would bring it up, but now it's mainstream. Uh, and top, all, all of my top customers have top-level down initiatives from their shareholders and their CEOs, and are, and like, what are you going to do about it? And I think I think the, the the zeitgeist of the moment is people. It's they're so confused, Tom. 
there's sustainability such a huge topic that and then and then people are talking about plastics and uh, you know sustainable workforce uh, things and the topic is just and you know equality at the workforce and then emissions management and people are just confused and and I think it's like they're they're just stuck for what can I possibly how do I tackle this this 800 pound you know beast I think that's the big topic I see. And how do you tackle that 800-pound beast? Yeah, well, that, that's actually the first, we have four main takeaways in the in the uh, the webinar that we have coming up, and the first one is you got to focus. Okay, so this um, this this webinar is focused specifically on high-tech electronics account. And Be, so before you go any further, Joe, because I, sh I should have mentioned the webinar earlier on. So we we have a webinar coming up. Uh, it is what's the date of the webinar again? September 22nd. September 22nd, thank you. So for, for people who are interested, there'll be a link in the show notes to this webinar. And at this webinar, Joe, you're going to be talking, and sorry, I interrupted you there. Go back to the four principles you're talking about. Yeah, well, so how, how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you, fo uh, how do you focus? So uh, we're going to be presenting, uh, a, there's a great group called the Sustainability Accounting Standards Boards, SASB. And we're going to be uh, sharing SASB's materiality map. SASB is a group of professionals all around the world uh, from leading companies. And they've looked at 77 industries, including the high-tech you know, industry. And they have a materiality map that's out on their website that says, hey, here's the things that are materially important to you as a financial person to consider the, the costs of carbon and the impact on your organization. That materiality map, Tom, is like a pirate's treasure map. So what are the top 10 or 12 items I should focus on? And we're actually taking that, that map and we're going to focus on just three of those uh, 10 or so issues on, on our webcast. And what, are, what three are you focusing on? The main one, emissions management, uh, transportation and supply chain and product lifecycle. Follow the product. So track, track your overall emissions of greenhouse gases. Track, track how they go into your products and 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 the impact, the chemical bomb, uh, all the way through how it gets manufactured, all the way to how it gets retired, and then and then um, and then supply chain, uh, transportation and logistics, reverse logistics. Those are the three main focuses. And why those three? Well, it's it's well, it's actually the second point. So now now I have ten or twelve items from the materiality map. Which ones do I go after? And I read something that was I just loved, and uh, uh, it's it, the, the climate doesn't care what ton of carbon you take out of it, right? It's just it's it's a chemical, right? So at the end of the day, it's it's out there. You know, carbon's the, the biggest one. Methane, you know, very volatile secondary one, that's actually very profitable. And so if if I'm going to take a ton of carbon out, the climate doesn't care which ton of carbon you take out. So McKinsey did a landmark study in in 2011. And uh, we're going to talk about that. And they they came up with basically how do you rank the the amount of carbon you're going to take out, and how do you how do you look at the carbon projects that it can take out? And McKinsey calls it the marginal abatement cost curve. And so you're familiar with margin, right? Profitability, go after the most profitable items first. And McKinsey across ten industries uh, basically come up with a ranking and said, here's the ones, here's the places you can take carbon out, and make make money for your company so in the triple bottom line let's 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 abate carbon impact and 
go after the most profitable projects first, which doesn't you know relieve us as going after the projects that will cost you know society uh, money. But let's just do it in a in a logical fashion. And I, I think that that if you put those two together, here's the top areas uh, as a high tech company I have to work on, and here's a methodology to rank them, and go after the ones that that enable me to go um, profitably abate carbon. That's a great start. That's just a great start. So, I mean, most people when they think of getting carbon out of their systems, you know, it 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 sounds like something that's going to cost money, but you're saying that there are actually projects you could go after in your own organization where you're reducing your emissions and increasing your profits in the same go. Is is there, could you give a couple of examples of the kind of things you're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, not not in the high-tech industry. I'm, I'm working on a super major oil and gas account, and they've been using the McKinsey marginal abatement cost curve for years uh, before we got engaged with them, trying to pursue on their own what the, um, what the pursuits are. So uh, a, a great a great example in the oil and gas industry is planning for projects. There's a lot of construction going on, and uh, improving improving the uh, profitability of, of construction projects and the reuse and doing them right the first time saves an enormous amount of material and energy use. Energy use is an amazingly good proxy for carbon use, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And so if you, if you don't have good measurements of carbon. Uh, actually tracking the energy use that you're paying for, right, quite a bit. You're getting that utility bill every month. And a lot of companies have pretty good building information management systems with that. So we, uh, that, that's a great example. Another one is, you know, methane leaks. leaks. So uh, you have a methane leak in a pipeline. We have solutions that can track exactly where, where that leak is to the foot, send a maintenance tech who's, who's certified, with the right part at the right time, the right priority, get the methane leak stopped, save that valuable gas so you can go sell it and take out a greenhouse gas that has 80 times more volatile than carbon uh, for the emissions. That That's like not, not pie in the sky. I don't, I'm not like recreating my products. This is a project, Tom, that like you could launch today and have immediate ROI really quickly and take out massive. So it's it actually gets to the third thing is the power of and. And I'm stealing this from the Bank of America CEO, and uh, but it's it's used in a lot of areas. So I I can run projects and any in, in oil and gas. Forty McKinsey says forty two percent of the projects uh, that they've identified that the car uh, the oil and gas industry needs to abate carbon. Forty two percent are profitable, leaving only fifty eight percent that are going to cost industry money. So let's start on the ones that are profitable, sure. and uh, yeah. So, I mean, to talk a little more about the power of and, because for, for people who haven't come across the expression before, uh, they, it, it might be a little confusing. Can you, you know, delve, delve a little deeper into that one? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so Chevron um, talks, Chairman Worth talks about, I'm going to lower carbon emissions profitably. And, there, and this marginal abatement cost curve talks about it. The Bank of America CEO talks about how they, they can continue to grow capitalization um, of, of their, their accounts and value to their shareholders and at the same time abate the energy use and the carbon emissions that they have. And it's not an either or, right? You can absolutely pursue both of those, you know, simultaneously. And I think the trick is how do you, how do you focus, how do you rank the ones that are profitable and let, let's get projects started, right, around, around doing both of those items. And then the 
the, the world's moving towards uh, the concept of a triple bottom line. We've all measured profitability as the first bottom line. And what's coming is regulations around this. A number of companies have been doing this on their own without regulations, but it's widely expected the United Nations and uh, the SEC in the United States, uh, a lot of news in the Wall Street Journal, are looking for climate reporting and the material impact. So the second bottom line is the carbon impact. You mentioned scope one, scope two, scope three. We'll talk about that briefly in, in, and what those what those means in the, in the webinar. And then the third bottom line, of course, is social. So create safe working environments um, that and then do and manage the company, not just on pure profitability, but considering the impacts of of two and three and the power of and says, I'm a smart human being, you know, and I can manage multiple things in my head at one time and I can do multiple things at the same time. You're better than me then. I'm a, <laughs> I, I can usually <laughs> only do one thing at a time. <laughs> uh, the, so that's uh, focus rank and the power of and as three of the four principles. What was the fourth one? Yeah, the fourth one gets to, you know, the approach and how do, how do we go about doing this? And um, so we, we think we need to be pragmatic and have two approaches, um, top down, top down and bottoms up, all right? Used in a lot of business in a lot of ways. So when it comes to climate, climate management, top down is aggregate reporting, typically approached with a business intelligence tool, a BI tool. And then, um, and that's required by uh, regulators in the United States and Europe. There's 16 aggregates that get aggregated up for your greenhouse gas emissions for US and EU reporting. Um, and that's a great start. But we also need to do bottoms up. We need to measure the systems for high-tech electronics accounts. You need to measure the details of, of chemicals that go into your products. You need to know the chemical bomb of your products. You need to know where they're manufactured and the energy use and the carbon impact. You need to know the supply chain transportation lanes that you're taking. And, and be able to compare and run scenarios, not just to do profitability, which is fantastic, and to be able to look at constraints and supply chain demands and transportation lanes, but, but also run a scenario of, hey, what's the carbon impact? And let's just say on the profitability supply chain, it's, it's pretty close on profitability. You know, option one is slightly less expensive than option two, but, but oftentimes option two, the carbon impact is wildly higher. And then as an organization, you can make a decision that, hey, we're going to decide as an organization to, to fulfill our commitment to our shareholders that we'll, we'll take option two for this plan. So, so, that the, um, so the BI aggregates are a great start, and, but, but SCP believes the actual way you get to improvement is the details. And so you need applications with the details. And so what's the pragmatic approach to, to these top issues? And how do we how do we merge the two without you know uh, being crazy? Does that make sense, Tom? Yeah, no, absolutely. What I'm wondering, I guess, is for people who are listening, uh, where to from here? I mean, uh, obviously, where to from here is to attend the webinar on September 22nd that we referred to, and I, I'm assuming this webinar will be uh, recorded as well. So if somebody happens to be listening to this podcast on September 23rd. The link that we drop in the show notes will still be active and they can watch it on demand for several months afterwards. But anyway, where to, where to from here for people once once they have tuned into the webinar and, you know, seen in detail this with the slides and everything that you'll be presenting, what's their next step? 
Yeah. Well, I'm, we're going to our call to action is a 30, 60, 90 day approach, Tom. So 30 days uh, we can help our and what, what the set of solutions are, Tom, at the end of the day, you know, SAP and our customers, we, we live in a world of mixed solutions. And so, you know, we're, we're qu quite happy if, if alternative solutions are found and we're happy to guide clients to the solution. But let's take action. And I'm really excited to meet people who can have an outsized impact on their thing. So 30, 60, 90 day action items, 30 days, go on the uh, SASB board, look at the materiality map. We're presenting it in the webinar, a pick of those eight or 10 topics that are highly material to your industry and that your controller and your CFO are gonna be talking to you about as a supply chain professional. And then pick, pick the areas you wanna focus on. Take a meeting with us. We'll, we'll talk about how to rank those things with the marginal abatement cost curve and set some priorities around it and then set some projects. In the Six Sigma world, right, you'd actually define a project, you know, define, measure, analyze, improve, control and measure it. Let's measure these things for both profitability, Tom, and carbon abatement. And let's come up and let's start within 90 days. Let's start projects at companies. And we've got all the time in the world, Tom, to talk to clients that actually want to make a substantial material impact on carbon. Okay. And then. Uh, when you're going through that exercise and, and looking at the possible paths to take, I assume low-hanging fruit is what you're looking for first, low-hanging fruit that's, that, that helps with profitability. Exactly. Well, yes, absolutely. And why, why not take those quick wins? And, uh, but at the same time, we want to set up a framework like a roadmap for the longer term. So, uh, so I need a sustainability dashboard of some type to manage regulatory reporting, to know, you know, you can't improve what you can't measure, right? Start the BI aggregate, tops down. Pick two or three projects, right, that are bottoms up that I'm gonna get some detail on. And then, um, so, so start projects right away, but have the big picture in mind. Start to meet with executive stakeholders, right, about what you're doing with these things. And then uh, I, I had an unfortunate, one of my high technology accounts last week, Tom, Told, I, I was bringing sustainability in the conversation and there were two groups from the customer on the call. And one of them was very interested in sustainability. The other one said, no, we don't really want to talk about it. We don't want to boil the ocean. And it's like, <laughs> that's an unfortunate you know, metaphor to use <laughs> in this conversation. So one of the things I'm suggesting is at least 20% of your RFPs going forward, starting today, have to have sustainability. In, in the use case, because supply chain, it's it's all, it's dramatic, like we talked about at the start of this, this podcast, about half the greenhouse emissions come from products and their supply chain. And I, I think it's, ta it's table stakes to have sustainabilities and that profitability first and bottom line as absolutely as part of the requirement. Yeah, yeah no, no, absolutely. Interestingly, I mean, you, you referred a couple of times to regulations, and this is, this is one of the things that I'm seeing that is going to change enormously in the next few years, the whole regulatory landscape, uh, particularly here in Europe, uh, potentially in North America as well. And I, I say potentially because you have elections coming up next year, so that could change a lot of things here in Europe. It's, it's, it's already happened, as in the European Commission has passed legislation making it mandatory on all 27 states to reduce emissions 55% by 2030, which is an incredibly ambitious 
goal, uh, which means each individual state of the 27 will roll out their own rules to companies and individuals living in those countries on how to and, and setting aims for emissions reduction. So this is going to be huge, at least here in the EU and probably in lots of other geos as well, just in the next eight years, because it's only eight years to 2030. Uh, so this is the whole regulatory framework globally is going to change massively. And this is going to be hugely challenging. How should companies, I mean, if you're a, if you're a large company, you're probably dealing in multiple regions and geographies. Uh, so you'll have multiple regulatory frameworks to try and, you know, battle against or meet or however we want to say it. That's got to be an enormous challenge for companies. How do they deal with that? Well, Tom, I, there's a huge mindset in the last two years, uh, total shift, tectonic shift. Used to be, oh, the cost of regulations and it's challenging for me and uh, it's going to put me out of business. I don't hear that anymore. Uh, I don't hear that when I go to Houston. I don't hear that when I go to Ohio. I don't hear that here in California anymore. What I hear from the executives and the thought leaders is my company is going to be on the cutting edge. We want to do this pragmatically and smartly. As a consequence, yeah, we need to do regulatory reporting, but we're not doing it to satisfy the regulators. We're doing this to satisfy our shareholders. We're doing this to satisfy ourselves as human beings who understand that this is the right thing to do and that this is a competitive advantage. Uh, there's tons of studies uh, about how uh, people, I have strong preference to deal with companies who are aware of sustainability as an issue. And and corporations across the political spectrum are, are, um, are th this, this, this thing is, 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 uh, is passed. Now, the regulations is like one measurement mark, mm -hmm. but Tom, I'd really like to turn the focus to how do I make, I'm, I'm a, the first, you know, most amazing capitalist you've ever met. <laughs> I love profitable companies. So how, how do I, how do I design if I'm a high tech account, how do I design excellent products and how do I do the digital thread and the digital twin and know ahead of time those impacts and connect the dots when I'm outsourced contract manufacturing, how do I know what those impacts are? And it's just confusing for people. And so we've, I, I'm really happy. I'm one of several speakers. I've got some brilliant people coming on to the webinar to support me. And we have, we have a, a starting plan of how do you actually tackle this and make a ton of money and be regulatory compliant and be a thought leader in your industry and it's like, and like you, you can be green in your personal life, but if if you're a, a supply chain professional working for a, a high tech electronics account, right, one of the top, say, Fortune 500 accounts or Fortune Global 2000 accounts, okay. your impact would be so outsized uh, on society in your role and your skills. You're, you're needed now. The people that are coming to this, you know, your podcast and this webinar are the gold collar workers. Right of of tomorrow, so we're we're so excited. Good and uh, Christian Klein puts it well when he says that we want to make sustainability profitable and profitability sustainable. And you know, I, I think that's a really nice way of putting it because if we if companies are not profitable, then by definition they're not sustainable because they will go out of business. You know, which is the ultimate sustainability is staying in business. So yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Uh, any any questions that I haven't asked you that you think I should have? Any topics we've not addressed that you think you know people should be aware of before we wrap up? 
No, um, you know, this is, uh, we're, we're going to focus on one, we have seven use cases. Uh, we're going to focus on one in particular, but um, we'd love to hear feedback from you and your listeners about on this other use cases. What are the details that, that the accounts want to have and, and the team will get together the right people uh, from inside and outside of SAP to, to, uh, to educate your listeners, Tom. Fantastic, fantastic. Okay, Joe, if people want to know more about yourself, Joe, uh, about the webinar or about any of the topics we discussed today, where would you have me direct them? Yeah, uh, so I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Joe Mulligan uh, at SM with my email, joe.mulligan at sap.com. Very open to working uh, with people who want to do something, do something materially impactful. Super. I'll put a link to the uh, webinar and to your LinkedIn account in the show notes for this so people can just click on it and go straight through. Great. Joe, that's been fantastic. Best of luck with the webinar and thanks a million for coming on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Tom. Talk soon. Okay, we've come to the end of the show. Thanks everyone for listening. If you'd like to know more about digital supply chains, head on over to sap.com slash digital supply chain or or simply drop me an email to tom.raftery at sap.com. If you like the show, please don't forget to subscribe to it in your podcast application of choice to get new episodes as soon as they're published. Also, please don't forget to rate and review the podcast. It really does help new people to find the show. Thanks. Catch you all next time.